0: Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800 600 1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com, CorporateDirect.com.
1: This is the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello,
2: hello, hello, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And today we're broadcasting from gorgeous Scottsdale, old, Old Town, Scottsdale, Arizona, where it's either heaven or hell, and today it's hell. It is hot as hell, yet it's a dry heat. It really is not that bad. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you. So we have a very important show for you today because it's really kind of about a lot of things. It's about giving back. It's about being successful. It's about studying and just being an overall, you know, a lot of people become successful and it goes to their heads and become assholes, but that's not what this show is about. So, today we have a very, 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 very special guest. His name is Devon Kennard. He's a rock star for the Arizona Cardinals. He plays my favorite position outside <laughs> Landbaker. And he used to play for Kim's favorite team, the New York Giants. Kim, what do you want to say about your love of football and the New York Giants and the
3: whole thing? Well, I was, and by the way, I'm up here in Payson because it is very hot in Phoenix and it's a little bit cooler up in the mountains of Arizona <laughs> than where I am. But, um, the very, very first doll, Devon. You'll appreciate this. I got two dolls. It wasn't like a little pretty little girl doll. It was a doll of the New York Giants and the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles. Wow! <laughs> those, those were my first dolls. So That's I'm, actually I'm hilarious. Fan, <laughs> no, no Barbie dolls, but but <laughs> Barbie, Barbie dolls. <laughs>
2: So Devon, well, you, you play, uh, give us a little bit of your background because you're from Arizona and now you're playing with the Car- Arizona Cardinals professional football team. So please bring yeah. us up to speed a little about your background and your evolution.
4: Yeah, um, you know, my dad played in the NFL 13 years professionally, and he spent the mo- majority of his years with the Arizona Cardinals. So that's how I ended up being born here and, and grew up here. And, um, you know, I'm going into my seventh year now. spent four years in New York, the last two in Detroit, and, um, you know, ended up being a free agent and, and being able to sign a three-year deal here in Arizona, play for the hometown team where my dad played as well. You know, there's there's not too many people who can say, father and son played in the NFL and also for the t- same team. So, you know, that's pretty cool and um being able to be home and be around family again is awesome.
2: Well, congratulations, you know, I mean to make the pros. That's unbelievable. I and mean, that is such a hard road, you know. Yeah. And I just interviewed Rod Smith of the Broncos and Terrell Davis of the Broncos and what you guys go through to get there. And Rod was captain of the team and Torella's MVP. I mean, what you guys have to do because every high school kid in America is gunning for that position. Absolutely. So what would you say is a special magic that gets you all the way to the top?
3: Yeah. What separates the ones that make it from the ones that don't.
4: Uh, You know, I'm a firm believer, the people who go the extra mile, and I think it applies in sports, but really in anything you're doing. You know, my dad kind of instilled that in me at a young age, Do, do the extra work. You know, if I do exactly what everybody else is doing, how can I expect to get ahead? So, you know, I've always been taught and I, and I still believe, you know, I got to study a little more, uh, you know, get there a little earlier and, and get a little extra work in. Make sure I'm getting, you know, proper rest and, and sleep and doing those little things and, and little habits. They have big results down the line. Uh, the idea of compound interest that works in sports as well. You know, you make little deposits every day and, and uh, those things turn into big things down the line.
2: Yeah, You know, Rod was a captain of the Broncos. He never missed a day of practice. He always came early and he always left later. And yeah. Yeah, that's that little extra.
4: You know? Absolutely.
3: Yeah. You were captain of the Detroit lions, right?
4: Yeah. I spent, I was uh, captain my last year in New York and then the last two years in Detroit and, it's an honor to be voted team captain by you know your teammates your coaches your peers I've also been NFL PA rep so representing the union and and all my teammates on every team I've been on so you know to be in these leadership roles amongst men is something I've always taken (laughs) you know seriously and I try to you know use that platform to the best of my ability on educating myself and and getting the information to the guys and and leading the best way I can which I think is by example
2: Well, I really, really congratulations. Congratulations. It's fantastic. And you know, like, um, I hate to tell you this, my uncle was drafted by the Detroit lions in world war two. Oh, but he stepped on a landmine in Italy and that ended his career.
4: (laughs) Uh, I mean, I hope it didn't end his life.
2: (laughs) No, 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 no. He's tough. He just bounced. (laughs) But anyway, no, it, 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 it ripped his leg apart. So that, you know, it, he was a running yeah. back too so it kind of ended it but he was he was my role model for football cuz my poor dad was kind of a pussy but uh <laughs> my my uncle tom was a son of a bitch god he was a son of a bitch i i remember where he lived on maui you know in the, in the hawaii with all these sand dunes and i was mm-hmm. a fat kid and i went out there and he says okay fat boy you are going up and down those dunes i said no i'm going to play football he says that's why you're going up and down those dunes. And yeah. he has me running up and down those dunes trying to get my weight off. And I said, I thought football players were fat guys. He says, no, they're not. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> so, that is hilarious. Did
4: you want to play football after
2: that? <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I, you know, I love the game. And then my coach was a guy named Herman Clark with the Clark brothers. They played for the Chicago, uh, the bears. I, yeah. I love the sport. I just love the sport. And outside Lamberger was my favorite position. But anyway, uh, well, the way we came across you, is Sarah Kimmich said that you are you do book studies and the book you are studying with your group is Rich Dad Poor Dad. Would you tell us why you do that and what and what happens when you do that and why, you know, what's what's the what's the benefit?
4: Well, yeah, you know, I actually started it in my reading with DK uh, book club four or five years ago, actually, when I was in New York and I was uh, featured in the New York Times, like front page and stuff for it because I really wanted to encourage people, kids, adults, everyone to read more. I think we're in a generation where people find social media, people like younger generation finds video games to take up their time and people aren't actually learning and growing. So I kind of wanted to make reading cool again. And I think there's books out there that, that could really um, educate people that can really give them insight that is much needed. And, um, you know, this time around I went with Rich Dad Poor Dad, which is one of my favorite books of all time. It's something I've, I've read, like this was my 10th time reading it. And, for me, it, it kind of just shaped how I thought about my finances and the goals that I wanted to set. And um, you know, although I'm chasing my dreams in the NFL, I'm essentially like what you would call an employee in the four categories. And eventually I'm not gonna be in the NFL and I'm gonna get out of the employee sector and into in the big investor and in the business. And and so kind of introducing some of those ideas to people who would never pick that up and to think about it and, and, um, encourage people and coming from an athlete, I think a lot of professional athletes, they have football camps, they, they encourage people to, to, you know, play sports, but it's, it hits home a little different when you have a professional athlete. I'm going into my seventh year in the NFL and I'm actually like, Hey, my hobby is reading books and I like financial (laughs) literacy and I, and those are things I'm interested in. And it's cool. You should too. And I think that's how I try to Use my platform to get people to read more and to take education seriously.
3: And Devon, is there an age group of of read with with DK?
4: Um, it- you know, when it first started, I kind of focused on on kids um, and younger kids. But now it's it's kind of like I think everyone needs to read. I think um, even adults. So you know, with this one, I wanted anybody from high school to you know grown adults to read it because I think it's something that could benefit and that everybody should. Take advantage and read. So that's that's kind of my mindset now. Like it depends on the book. Like some books, I think, will geared towards younger generation. But I think Rich Dad Poor Dad. Anybody in middle school or high school on up should should read it and start to introduce themselves to some of the um, some of the ideas that you guys talked about in Rich Dad Poor Dad. So
2: what's the process? I mean, how do you how do you group read or study together?
4: So I I kind of come out and I incentivize people because I essentially come out and I say, this is the book we're reading. I give people time to go buy the book, whether they're buying it, you know, um, you know, audio book or buying hard copy, whatever they're going to do. And I give them a few weeks and, you know, I check in like, hey, I've read a few chapters. You know, I just check in on my Instagram story here and there. And then when I'm done reading, like recently, I just finished it. So I kind of gave my thoughts and what I took most from the book. And for instance, this time around, something that really stuck out for me is the concept of it's okay to buy liabilities, but buy it with my passive income. All right. Um, so, you know, so buying my assets first that are going to generate the revenue so I can buy some of the liabilities that I want and things that I, that I want. So that was a lesson. I kind of shared that. And then, you know, and, and uh, next week I'm going to, pose a couple of questions and ask and ask all the audience to what, are, what is, is the lesson that you learned from it? And I'm going to pick a couple of winners and I'm going to send them some Cardinals gear and, and sign it. And, um, and, you know, invite it, invite a winner also out to, to a Cardinals game this year, uh, assuming that there's going to be fans at the games.
2: This year. <laughs> Congratulations. And, yeah. and what, what do you get personally? I mean, I mean, I like reviewing, you know, I, I'm a big reviewer of stuff because I always learn something new. So, what's your juice? What do you, what do you get out of it from reviewing and teaching? Because teaching is the
4: best, you know. I think that's when you really learn. And there's so much information out there now that you know people will be like, "How many books did you read in a re- in a year?" Well, if you read a hundred books in a year, but you didn't go out and do anything with the knowledge you learned from those books, then then it's you know, like I, I think you're wasting your time to an extent. So for me, it's it's reading the book, but actually, what did I take from it, and what can I apply? from what I just read. So, you know, ask it. That's what I am attempting to do with asking those questions and asking people, you know, what impact did it have on you or what are some things that you learned that you can incorporate in your life? I'm hoping to get people to think about, all right, this is the one thing that I can do from rich dad, poor dad that can help me start to learn more about finances or to get out of, you know, whatever situation I'm in financially. So that's my goal.
2: So uh, what are you personally doing from rich dad, poor dad to, you know, for assets and things like this?
4: Yeah, so for me, my game is real estate as well. So um being a professional athlete, I actually, I obviously don't have necessarily the time to buy into big projects and things like that on my own. So what I've done is I'm actually a limited partner in over 16 syndications throughout the country. So limited partner LP. So, um you know, I... Um, my financial advisor and I, we find um, syndications and funds and general partners, and we, we get into the deals. And I try to, when I get into a deal, I try to get um, familiar with with at least one of the general partners, so I can learn the systems. Because when I'm done playing, my goal is to become a general partner and not just a limited partner. Oh, nice. Um Yeah. So that's that's kind of my goal. And then also in my personal portfolio, I buy. Um, Turnkey properties in the Midwest. So there's turnkey providers. The Midwest is a great area for that. So I essentially find good turnkey providers, and they sell me homes that are already renovated, and I buy them. I have third-party property management that you know I I pay a percentage fee, and I essentially get mailbox money. And I currently have 14 properties in the Midwest that are cash flowing. I'm blessed right now, so I actually paid cash for them because. I wanted to purchase them first and get a, and, and I got a really good deal on them, and I like the, the amount of money I'm getting. So my returns a little lower. I'm about seven and a half percent, but the cash flow the cash flow is high, and that's what I want to protect. So when I'm done playing, I know I have, you know, fifteen thousand dollars a month coming in in revenue. Like, and and that's you know how I kind of structured it, and, and I'm building from there.
2: Congratulations, congratulations. Hey, when we come back, we'll be going more into, I mean, you're not only making money, you know, by being a pro athlete, by being an investor, but you're also big into giving back. When we come back, we'll discuss with Von how you give back. We'll be right back.
1: This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaka, the Rich Dad Radio
2: Show, the good news and bad news about money. You can Listen to the Rich Dad Radio program anytime, anywhere, on iTunes, Android, or YouTube, and please leave a comment. Also, we archive all of our programs at richdadradio.com. We archive because we're an education company, we make no recommendations what to buy, sell, or hold. And we archive them so you can listen to this program again because repetition is how we learn best. And if you have friends, family, or business associates who need to listen to this program, especially, listen to it at richdadradio.com and discuss it with friends, family, and business associates. Because we're talking today, a very special guest, is Devon Kennard, you know, he's a stud on the football field. He plays for the Cardinals now, but play for the Giants and the Detroit Lions. And he is a captain of the team, he's a leader, but he's also a teacher. He teaches uh, via people group reading books, which I, we used to do a lot of group study is fantastic when it comes to a book, but also he gives back any comments, Kim.
3: Yeah. Well, I went to uh, Devon's website and and speaking of repetition, Devon is like reading rich dad, poor dad for the 10th time. He said, But I went to your website, Yvonne, and I I love how you do the book study because you throw questions. You, You put out really meaningful questions that get people thinking. And so it's not just reading the book and what do you think. It's like really internalizing it. I thought that was a great way to study.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it, it makes people really think deeply about what they're reading because yeah. you know we we get access to so much information now that sometimes people just read and never think about it again. You know, so right. and when you actually internalize it a little bit, I think you take more from it.
2: Right, and it goes in one ear out the other with me a lot of the time. You know, so that's why the study is just fantastic. And the other part of it, you were nominated as a finalist for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Oh my. God
4: <laughs> yeah that, uh, that, was, that was really an honor this year this past year and and you know something that I, I you know didn't take lightly um most of it was from my work in the community with the youth uh, I have a passion for kids and you know educating kids and making sure kids know that there's opportunity out there for them outside of just athletics you know um, especially in inner cities most of the time kids kids feel like they either got to play sports or gonna be some type of entertainer and then when those dreams, dreams die, then, you know, they, they go into crime or they, you know, just go astray and, and do things that they should not be doing. So for me, I want kids to realize there's so many ways to be successful. And I got really familiar with the midnight golf program in Detroit, that. About that I'm a
3: yeah. golfer. So what, what was the yeah. midnight golf program? What is that?
4: Yeah. So at first when I went, I thought it was like a golf program. And I was like, I need to learn how to play golf. I know a lot of deals are done on the golf course. Like, (laughs) let me check it out. And that's a part of what they do. But it's really a mentorship program and it's for high school seniors and it's in the inner city of Detroit. So they're essentially providing kids a place to go after school and they're teaching kids how to apply for college, how to apply for scholarships um walking them through the sat and act programs they have tours where they go to colleges all throughout the country but specifically in the detroit area Um, and you're talking about kids who are first generation college students who like work their butt off um all high school but don't think they're going to go to college because they can't afford it or or you know they just don't know what to do so they walk them through the process and you know as soon as i went I I fell in love with the program, and the kids were extremely bright, so I essentially created the Devon Canora Scholarship Program, and I had two scholarship winners last year, and um, there's a huge award ceremony, and I was one of the keynote speakers, and I spoke and, and gave the award, and it's kind of messed up this year, because one, I left Detroit, and then two, the coronavirus, obviously, but... I'm still doing the award. I actually just picked the finalists and I'm announcing next week. And, um, you know, I'm super excited about it. I'm having four finalists this year and I'm giving each kid, you know, $10,000. So, um, you know, the, like they're, that's double what I did last year. So I know the kids are going to be excited and can't wait to share it with them.
2: Well, congratulations. Congratulations. But also you give back through a partnership with salad and go. Can you tell us about that?
4: Yeah. So um, when I first got to Arizona, even though I'm from here, I wanted to find a way to get back into the community. And this whole coronavirus thing was going on. And I was like, all right, well, what am I going to do? How can I get in the community? And I I hear a lot of people working with first responders, but I didn't see much going on with firefighters. And a couple of my close friends are actually firefighters. So Salad and Go is a Phoenix based uh, restaurant chain. I don't know if you guys have heard of it being out here, but they're kind of
3: national, isn't it? No, they're just in Arizona. That's a great... Yeah, and, they're, and they're actually
4: about to start expanding. And they're, I've been talking with the owner because I, I wanted to see what opportunities are there. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, they're family-based and, and they plan on, you know, keeping it that way and they don't want to franchise. But I've been working with them and uh, I partner with them and delivered uh, food to four firehouses and hung out with the firehouses for the day and uh, got to ride in a truck and blow the horn and, and <laughs> do all of that. So it was a cool experience and just trying to get back familiar with the Arizona community. And really, this is where I call home. So um, I really want to kind of dive in and, and be a part of the community again.
2: Yeah, thank you.
3: Yvonne, um, you know, a lot of people, especially athletes, you know, they're very successful and they make a lot of money. But what drives you to, to always want to be giving back? Because a lot of people do not. What What drives that?
4: Uh, you know, I think I have a strong faith base, and I feel like to whom much is given, much is expected. And and I, I have a, a unique perspective, I think, and I feel like I like it's a part of my duty to to share that with the world and to give back and and utilize the skills I feel like I've been blessed with. And uh, you know, I. I kind of live by a thing like empty the tank. I want to, I want to die on E and I want to, you know, give out as much as I can uh, to the world and and help make it a better place. So um, I want to utilize the platform I have.
2: Well, your parents did a great job with you, man. (laughs) 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 Fantastic job. Fantastic job. Um, You know, the, the final thought is this, do you ever, you know, you've been seven years in the NFL. Do you see players who leave with nothing because they don't, You know, they they make a lot of money, but it's also gone.
4: Well, what I find the biggest issue is, is, you know, guys are starting to get paid more and more money. So the first issue is like the average career is only three years. So some guys don't play long enough to make some real money. So, you know, their whole life work has been to play in the NFL. They finally do make it, but they only play three years and maybe they have a million in the bank. But if you don't have any plans, that can go very quickly. So that's one issue. The next issue is some guys make a good amount of money and should be able to have a base to live on. But the problem is they create a lifestyle and they don't they don't have any assets. They don't have any assets and they don't have any cash flow. So if you invest your one hundred percent of your money into the stock market and all of a sudden you stop playing football and you're essentially going to be draining out your principal. You have no cash flow coming in, and, and most guys aren't in a position to have another high paying job that's going to even somewhat supplement what the NFL is paying them. So, slowly but surely, they're draining their principal. So, it's not a matter of if they're going to go broke, it's when. So, you know, how I strategize my, um, you know, what I'm doing is I want to build that cash flow now and, and build the base to where I have financial independence. The day I'm done playing football, I know my family and I, all of our bills are paid with income coming from a separate entity, so multiple revenue streams. So that's a message I, like, I'm trying to educate myself on so I can share it with more athletes because I think that's the formula to, to be successful. When you talk about young individuals who make a lot of money early in their career and then little to nothing afterwards.
2: Right. Congratulations. Congratulations.
3: I support you in efforts to educate athletes. Let us know.
4: <laughs> we, we got to do something. We put, let's put something together because it's, okay. it's a passion of mine. Yeah. What Excellent. future projects do you have in mind? Future projects? Um, I, I want to eventually get to the point where, like, I'm educating other athletes on this. Like, And that's why I started now. And because I want to be able to be like, look, I'm actually doing it. I didn't want to just have the idea. Like, I'm like, look, I'm doing it. And this is, and this is what I think is the answer to athletes going broke. So um, I'm trying to educate myself as much as I can connect with people like yourselves and, and have the right people surround myself with people smarter than me. So, and get so good that I can teach it to others. So no athlete like has to, you know, go down that road and, and more athletes are, you know, becoming business
2: people. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. We had the uh, NBA come to talk to us about teaching um, a rookies, a rookies. They said, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you're like 18 years old and you sign that contract, you become the best looking guy in school. <laughs> <So> yeah, <laughs> <absolutely>. <laughs> Did you go through that too? When you when you signed?
4: Oh yeah, uh, definitely. You know, like you got to think you're 18 years old and a lot of guys come from little to nothing. And all of a sudden you throw a kid, Millions of dollars, a lot of um, put them in the limelight and, you know, like some guys go astray or, you know, make, make rash decisions. You know, for me, I think I was lucky because I had a father who already been through it. So I looked at it from a different perspective and I immediately like my whole rookie contract, the first four years of my NFL career, I drove the, my high school car still. And I didn't go and get a new car until I signed my second contract leading up to signing my second contract. So, you know, I kind of, I'm good about kind of learning from other people's mistakes and I didn't want to be another statistic <laughs> and, and having a father go through it, it, it kind of gave me a different outlook. Well,
3: and you know, that's so good because when, when we were called into the NBA to to and Robert was going to go speak to the rookies, um, it was the agents and the managers that did not want these kids financially educated?
4: Well, I mean, because when you're not financially educated, professional athletes and entertainers, they lean on their counsel. Like that's law. What your agent tells you and what your financial advisor tells you, like you don't know any better. So you take their word for law. And so when you start to threaten that by saying, we're going to educate these people and have them make decisions outside of that, I think that scares them. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, a sign of the people you don't want to work with. Like, you know, and that's why I handpicked my financial advisor and they, and they help me build what I'm um, building and they want me to be educated and, and I think that's a sign that needs to be a marker of who you're going to work with. Are they actually trying to educate you? Or are they just telling you this is what you need to invest in? Do this, do that. And you never understand what you're in, what you're doing. And like you're not in control of your own life. Right.
2: So Devon, congratulations. You know, we're proud of you and, you know, keep up the great work and keep teaching and inspiring. And we'll see you with the Cardinals this year. You know, hopefully. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, hopefully.
4: We'll, we'll yeah, be here for you. yeah All hopefully
3: right. we'll get those games going soon.
4: Hey, you, if you guys are in Phoenix, you guys are going to have to come to a game if, if it's allowed this year. <laughs> All right. We would love
3: it.
2: I love it. Anyway, thank you, Devon.
3: Thank you. Thanks thanks for having me, guys.
2: And we'll come back with some final words with Kim. We'll be right back. Thank you. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, The Rich Dad Radio Show. And I want to thank um, Javon Kennard. You know, it was inspiring. I mean, I played football, it was hardly good. But to make it to the pros, and then to captain the team, I mean, the dedication, the desire, because the world is full of talented people. But to reach the very top, that is something else. It takes a drive that very few people have. What'd you think, Kim?
3: Well, he's very inspiring. Not just that, I mean, to separate, you know, the elite that make it to the pro football, but then all of the giving back that he does and teaching people and wanting to educate people and now wanting to educate the athletes. I mean, he really is making such fantastic use of, of the role that he's now playing. And he, I know he inspires a lot of young people. So it's, it was, it's so refreshing to see and really it was such a joy to talk with him.
2: Oh, he's an, he's amazing. Anyway, you know, the story I always tell is when my pro career ended was uh, I got to school in New York and I was playing the position I ever loved with the same position he plays outside linebacker. And then this guy named Dockery came on the field and he played for the New York jets and he was a safety. He looked like a movie star, you know, and he's, he was all Ivy League and just the handsomest, cool, good-looking, sharp, and—and and so Mike, I said, "Oh man, I want to be just like him." And that son of a bitch could run sideways faster than I could run forward, and he could run backwards farther than I could run forward. And I realized then my pro career was over because there were—it was more than just desire and drive. Their talent is, on. Un- Godly, and uh, 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 my other favorite story is Rod Smith, who's the captain of the Broncos, and he went to a little dinky school like Southern Missouri College or something, and he goes through the pros, to the, the uh, Broncos, and all of these guys are from Stanford, you know, Michigan State, all the Texas and all this, and he said, "I said, how did he, how did you take that?" He says, "They just inspired me." you know, because they went into the big name schools and they were kind of cocky and all that. He says, I just had to outwork them. And when you hear stories like that, and they're so talented as it is, but they had that little extra inside of them that makes a difference. Final words on that, Kim.
3: Yeah. The other story I remember Robert is, um, and I'm drawing a blank on his name. He was a professional football player and he actually put all the principles of rich dad into his life. So he had, property and he had cash flow and he wanted to make sure that if anything happened, if he got injured or if he got cut, that he would be in good shape financially. And I remember him telling that telling us that Ellen DeGeneres show had called and they wanted him to come on and talk about what he had done. I remember that. From, yeah. Remember from the football yeah. and the financial side. And then right before he was going to go on the show, he got cut from the team. And the producer called from Ellen DeGeneres and said, Oh, sorry, you got cut. We don't want you on the show anymore. And he had prepared for just that moment. That's what the whole show was about, that he was financially prepared for whatever happened. And it happened. And then they said, No, we don't want you on the show. So, exactly as Devon is saying, you know, if, if he's, there's an injury or he gets cut or something happens, financially he's going to be in good shape, which is uh, what's happening for a lot of people today with the whole coronavirus. um, who have followed our philosophy or other philosophies and are financially okay because of it, where a lot of people are not, unfortunately.
2: Yeah. And one of the great joys of, you know, being part of the rich dad organization is so many people come to talk to us, like Clarissa of the NBA, and she tells us some funny stories. These young kids are 18, 19 years old. They're multimillionaires, but they're broke soon afterwards. And you know, you hear stories like that. And so that's why, to have guys like you know Devon and Rod Smith and Terrell Davis and all the other people, they're they're such great role models, and that inspires us to keep doing our work. So anyway, final words, Kim.
3: Oh, uh, uh, you said it very very well. It's it's people like that and people that we meet every day. People say, "Why do you keep doing it?" <laughs> it's because of that, because they inspire us to keep going, and and that means the world. Whenever anybody says hello to us on the street, thank you for writing your book, and creating the cash flow game. It's changed things for us. That's, that's all we need to hear. That's what keeps us going.
2: And that's especially true today. Anyway, thanks for
5: listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show. Thank you very much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little, Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.